You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the Ball Soccer Blue Podcast. This is episode number 255 of East Favorite Podcast. I'm Jeremiah Morrill. Today I'm joined by a cast of characters, but my forever co-host is our producer, and he's the reason why we got off to... Ju- we missed first gear, Dakota. Uh, sorry about that. <laughs> Today's episode is the annual Indy 500 preview episode. We're going to be, uh, once again, as happens every year before the Indy 500... You guys are going to be talking about everything to do with race day, what to expect, all of the odds, and I'm going to sit here and try to not make a fool of myself by asking dumb questions. You're going to play the straight man. Yeah. And and say, hey, wait a minute. What, I'm usually what are you people man. talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Audrey could, would probably confirm that. This show is about our lives in rural Indiana. We're here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes we'll provoke you. Other times we'll make you laugh. But hopefully you'll always learn something new. We just did a fantastic Patreon uh, where we rated a bunch of beef jerky. Uh, and I, at, the, at, at this moment, I realized that I probably should have brought some sort of a floss stick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a nice mint would help. A mint. No, no. It's a let that Korean barbecue just linger. That I think the, I have some Listerine in my truck. That would help. So the uh, the Patreon show notes. This is the most interactive version of show notes I've ever made. And it's because Dakota put me in charge of show notes this week. So I have reference files, sample things. It's it's very uh, it, it's very much to drive. It's a tricky thing, Dakota. I'm trying to drive traffic to the Patreon with the show notes and to make people make sure people are getting it emailed to them automatically. Did I do well? Is this a good choice? Is this a bad choice? I think you did well. I mean, the only critique I have is that you just put the link right in. You don't just link a, a word, you know. Like well, it makes it can... clear. It makes it clear that it's a link. Yeah. I could have highlighted it and gone hi- hyperlink. It takes but... up a lot of well, space with gibbledy goop. That's fine. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, or a <laughs> working man tech- show. <laughs> For the it's technologically very... illiterate, <laughs> the man at the other end of the table, it helps to have the link. Yeah, if I, if I said, hey, Mike... Click on the uh, where it says Kirk, Kirkwood. Gook? Yeah, yeah. I think that helps, Mike. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he still hasn't been able to make the links open, but he got he got, at least got to the second step of it. Yeah. Okay. He pressed on the link. I Next year, it. I vote we don't give Blake a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I really tried this year, and then uh, Blake, uh, <laughs> due to a minor illness, up. Blake uh, Blake got uh, got a mic. So I got the nice. call from the bullpen. I'm here. He's the uh, the left-handed reliever, ready to go. All right, so Dakota, who do we got to thank? That's right, patreon.com slash Liberty. That's where you can go to support the show every month on a monetary level. Uh, we accept donations of any kind. Uh, you always get access to a Facebook group 
where you get a uh, bonus live stream episode every every single week that we do this show. Uh, they last about 20 minutes. They're so really good. You get access to those show notes that Jeremiah was talking about. Uh, you get those ahead of time. The Patreon show is where we do the the silly things that we used to do. We've always eaten food on this show that's strange, and people have sent us food to eat. That is where all those uh, silly little things happen, and it's a good time. Uh, I think that it's well worth your $5 a month if you want to pay that. But if you donate $50 or more a month, then you get a shout-out at the front of every episode. We have three of those beautiful people, and those folks are Miss Christy Avery from all the way in Fort Wayne, Mr. Jonathan Phillips, and then, of course, Mr. Anthony Meyer, who probably knows a lot about the uh, the truck stop beef jerky that we were talking about. I'm sure that he's got some good ones that that I don't know about. I bet he knows all about Dakota jerky. I'm sure he does. I wonder if he's tried gnarly jerky. He's, he gets across the country. He does. Do yeah. you think the gnarly jerky is on the on shore stel- shelves out on the West Coast? I don't, if they aren't now, then they will be after, you know, after our gets critiques. Out. Yeah. yeah. After the big boss hog bump. Yep. I re- legitimately do have jerky in my teeth. And it's gonna after be, they it's going to be an that, adventure. That they got a rating of a two out of 10, they're going to be like, oh, we got to change some things. And then they're going to make those changes and just boom. And, and then when they say their spiciest is the not, it's <laughs> got to fluctuate on the Actually the, be spicy. The carne asada in the original, spectacular. All right. So show and tell time, Dakota. I force friendship. Yeah. You do? Brian Nichols moved to the state of Indiana. Mm-hmm. He shares this building with us. Mm-hmm. And I said, you need to earn your Hoosier card. And last week, we got him to commit on this show to coming to the Speedway with me last weekend. So Brian and Caitlin drove out to IMS for day one of qualifications. I don't, we don't call it pull day. I don't know what the hell to call qualifying anymore at the Speedway. But day one of, quali- of, of qualifying. And uh, they they hung out with us. Uh, we walked through the garage area, pointed out drivers. I think I think we might have made some Simon Pagano fans, which was kind of cool. Yeah, they uh, they enjoyed they enjoyed Simon, especially when they heard about Norman. And uh, we're sitting in the grandstand between uh, between rain delays, and uh, the I think it's the number fourteen, the Rocket Chevrolet driven by driver Kirkwood was 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 ready to go out. And uh, Brian is paying attention. He's all in. He's sitting in front of me. We're in the we're in the paddock penthouse. Uh, there's three rows, so I'm just kind of sitting like one seat to the left and just above Brian. He looks back at me and says, there's a driver named Kirk Kirkwood? What? No. I'm like, no, it's Kyle Kirkwood. He's like, no, it says Kirk Kirkwood. And I'm like, oh, shit. So on the, on the, in, all over the track, they, they show a picture of the driver and their name on the big billboard at IMS, the quarter, quarter million people supposed to be at this place. I snapped this little photo shoot and I said, huh, hilarious. The 34th driver is in the Indy 500. It's Kirk Kirkwood. That tweet, uh, thanks to Brian, got shared or got viewed 48,000 times since Saturday. A reach of 48,000. And some poor guy. Kyle has replied to it twice now, saying that there's an imposter. And then yesterday he said, I guess I'm Kirk now. He's he's fully in. Just accept it. And some poor guy in the pagoda is like, I did what? (laughs) And how many people have seen it? Nobody else caught it. I send the twick that Brian alerts me to it. I'm like, oh, yes, I for content throw it up there. And now it's going to I want to see if it sticks. If this becomes like a lore and we're taking credit for it. They should like introduce him on race days. Kirk Kirkwood. I think they called him Kirk Kirkwood last night on MS on the on the trackside show. No, 
or as a little jab, Kirk. I know on the racing spaces, Marshall Pruitt did this week when he when he talked about him as well. So that's two. It's gonna stick. Yeah, he's he's Kirk forever now. He's, he might as well just legally change his name. And his Never. Twitter handle is K Kirkwood Racing. Yeah, it's not gonna correct it there. Yeah, it's he can just go with it. It's done. When he signs with Andretti next year, Kirk Kirkwood. I think he's already signed with Andretti for next when year. he admits that he signed with Andretti <laughs> for next year. Have you met Kirk Kirkwood yet, Blake? Uh, I've seen everybody. I've not really talked to anybody. I gave Marco a fist bump and have been Mario's bodyguard. But like, other than that, I'm not really supposed to talk. So, drivers. so you are in the IMS. You're you're like a yellow shirt, but the 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 dark side. Yeah. So uh, if you see me at the track, I'm in this black polo. I'm a part of the IMS College Experience Program. I have a technical uh, question before we even get any further. Okay, because this that? is where my head goes. Okay. Did they give you one? I got two polos. Thank God, because you have to do laundry jacket, every night. And a rain jacket. Rain jacket. You're going to need that later this week. Yeah. I'm a um, little jealous of the rain jacket. It's a very nice rain jacket. But uh, yeah, there's about 150 of us college kids running around. We're in all different divisions. I got lucky enough to be uh, put in the pits. I've worked the north pits mostly. And uh, yesterday, Zach saw me. Uh, Gasoline the, Alley entrance. Yep, at Gasoline Alley, directing cars onto the track, off the track. It's a lot of fun. Have, um, you, have you told anybody driving a golf cart they don't belong where they're at? No, so that is typically not my job. Like, that's people in front of me. I'm more, once they're in, I then boss them around. But I'm, I'm a yellow shirt and a black shirt, to say the least. You're telling them to get over. Yeah, yeah. get over, uh, stop. Jeremiah, it's been a big month for Junior McCown. He has a microphone tonight and got a whistle at the track. I got a whistle at the track, and I have been given the headset more days than not. So that's a little bit of power on my side. All right. Let's 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 see how much you've tested the power. Okay. Have you told your, your old man to move out of the way yet? No, nah, he's out of the way. No, but he told he, me to put my vest on the other day. Well, it was my, <laughs> it was my first day on the job, and I'm not going to let in a guy that doesn't have his proper credentials on. <laughs> Is this a volunteer position? No, I do get paid. Nice. Which he's a professional that gets I, paid to yellow. Yes, I get paid it, more than the yellow shirts. Unless <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but unless <laughs> unless I have a couple crashes on Sunday, he probably gets paid more than me. This. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's a very good experience. I've enjoyed it a lot. I mean, you guys know I'd be there anyway, so might as well get paid to do it. And I'm in the pits, so I mean, it's a lot of fun. A uh, lot of action where I'm at, especially with the Andretti's being in the so I, half. Of I the came field. down and visited you uh, on Fast Friday. Yeah, and I walked by you two or three times, and and I I just kept going. It's ninety degrees, and Blake's wearing a black shirt. He's gonna die. Like there's no there's no surviving this day. No. It's, I I intentionally wear like gray t shirts to the track or, or gray something. Black is horrific. Well, it's a Nike polo, so like it's well, the breathable. swoosh does not protect you. It's not like a <laughs> <laughs> no. It's a very breathable polo. Like I will. I bet it's better than it. what the yellow shirts have on. Yeah, I think the yellow shirts is. are wearing like straight up polyester, and they have to wear like an undershirt on mm-hmm. to keep under it. And I've only gotten like real hot one day, and that Friday at least it was. I mean, it was windy. Yeah, it was the most pleasant eighty-eight degree day I've been a part of. Now I was almost blown off of the grass mound, but. It was pleasant. Yeah, it would be a little hot in pit lane. So I missed, uh, due to a, a family birthday, 
I missed the actual qualifying, the pole qualifying on Sunday. Heck of a session. It was you missed, insane. You, I, was I got to watch practice, but the, uh, the, the pole qualifying, I missed out. So that was, it was new this year, Mike. Yeah. Were you, were you there? Were you, yes, were, I was there. All I right. was working. Pull your mic in a little closer for me. Okay. So what was different about this procedure? Cause yeah, I, I assume you've been there since they ran like uh, two ten, weekends. Ten, That's when they ran 10 lap. The Cummins diesel runs. was running around whenever he yeah. was there. So the, so the difference this year was that they took the fast 12 on Sunday and then they ran everybody one time. They took the top six and ran them again. So a lot of these guys had to qualify three different times. And Scott Dixon, who ultimately wound up winning the poll, was 10th. So in previous years, he would have completely missed out on this opportunity. But they said, hey, let's go down deeper. On road courses, they take the top 12. So this time they took the top 12 instead of nine. Dixon was 10th, and then he qualified his way into the top six. Well, with with no bumping, because we only have three, 33 cars, um, it was obviously going to be a boring day, and they did what they could do to make it more exciting, and it was. How'd the crowd feel? It was awesome. I thought the crowd was great. They were cheering for everybody. Like they said, they, did, they basically did the road course knockout qualifying, except for they everybody did the one run. They, they do groups for road courses, but fast twelve, fast six, and like it went about the way it's. They've done shootouts before. They've done the fast nine shootout. I remember the first year they did the fast nine shootout because of a rain delay. They were going to give them like a time frame, X number of runs, whatever, however many you can do in this time frame. Then it rained, and so instead they did. I believe that Carpenter ended up on the pole that year. They said, "Okay, we're going to do the fast nine shootout, all of them together, reverse order, so the fastest guy goes last." And that was amazing because they came out and you you knew exactly what you had to do. But the best guy in Ed Carpenter is an absolute monster at IMS, especially in qualifying, was last. And this the way this one was is that they were kind of it was going back and forth. Um, They're all real close in terms of how fast they were going. Like it would, some guys were holding it together for two or three laps, and it was. And but every time that somebody would throw down a big lap, crowd would go crazy. Every time they rolled in when they were done, the crowd would cheer them into the pits as the next guy was going out. So I, it was a great. It was like the crowd was great, and they should they have some. Big the banners. stands looked full. Did Pretty full, full, like full enough that I thought that they right behind the flag stand they have three sections of the lower grandstands that are covered with an NTT data logo, an American flag, and I think there's a wing and wheel. Maybe it's just the two. I can't remember an American flag, maybe. And they, I thought, man, they should have taken those covers off because they were surrounded by people. And and then I was in the um, tower terrace. And those seats were pretty, I'm like, that, you, you couldn't, you had space, you weren't like crammed in like it was a full race day, but you had to go like looking for space to sit. Tower Terrace is over in front of the media center. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that was pretty full. And then uh, where I we ran into you for uh, the up GP. In the, up in the E penthouse or whatever. Yeah, that was absolutely full all the way down, which was really yeah. cool to see. And There wasn't a soul down there with me. I was all by myself. Where yeah. were you, Mike? Pet entrance, same place I always end at the far north. Your preferred spot. Yes. Did you get any good shots? Anything that that you're able to use? No, I didn't get anything transmitted. Nothing really happened in my area, but I I mean, I probably took 30 or 40 pictures, is all I took. That was a quiet end of the track. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't much going on. No Grammarie Hall incidents this time. Not yet. <laughs> yet. Keyword. So we had the fastest poll in the history of the Indianapolis 500. 
Not the fastest four lap average, but the fastest pole speed in the history of the race. Scott Brayton in 96 was just slightly slower than what Scott Dixon was able to do. Did it feel, did it feel like everybody was waiting on it? The, the big moment, the, we gotta have this, gotta have the speed. We kind of surprisingly got into the speed this year, did yeah, it? Yeah, I think people are just happy to see the speed because you, I, cause I think everybody thought like there was no real change to the cars. The engines have to be almost developed out because you'd think, how can they keep finding anything? And then I think the first time I was it fast Friday, there wasn't a lot of running because like I said, it was real windy and I think everybody was afraid someone's going to stuff it. Um, and so, I remember like we were sitting there late in the session and Sato went out and Sato ran like a two thirty four seven and we're like, wait a minute. And you're cause you thought maybe we'd see a two thirty three and to see him almost hit two thirty five and then Connor Daly set the new trap speed, recorded trap speed. They haven't been keeping track of it for very long. There was a small controversy. There was a small controversy. Um, cause, but I think they've only been keeping track of that for like 13 years, but he was going like almost 244 miles an hour into the traps in turn three. So I think everybody was like, heck yeah. I think people were surprised to see the speeds. And then I knew I was surprised. I'm, I wasn't paying a lot of attention in the nineties to, to realize that there was, I guess some deals with why Ari was qualifying on the day he was and stuff. But to think that there was a big enough drop off that everybody kind of knows the record is like 236, 237. And to think that 234 was, as fast as the pole speed that year, I was like, Oh, I guess I didn't realize that there was such a drop off from the fastest speed that year to like what was more normal. And Mike, you can probably speak to this as well, but it was a, the speeds in 96 just kind of came out of nowhere. And Ari's yes. speed was way beyond what everybody else is doing. It was a three or four mile an hour. And it's going to be the hard to ever get there again. I mean, it really is. They could do it if they wanted to just give them the boost that they won't let them. I don't know if they meant to give the 234 this year. Yeah, they, they, they might not have. They might have said, well, the cat's out of the bag. What are you going to do? Are you going to take it away after at that point? But yeah, I think that team, and they always try to keep the cars a little slower, but there's a certain point that the teams are always going to find a way. And when you've let them develop a car for a decade, they're going to figure out how to get it done. And you're at 233 and probably six different lines because guys aren't coming through the corner all the same. I, so, so I mean, there's a big difference if I see Sato come through the corner than when I see Elio come through the corner or when I see Renus VK. Renus VK does not get close to the wall and the next guy's, you know, banging it. So, I mean, there still are different lines and it's those guys and they're how comfortable they get with that line. You know, obviously Jimmy Johnson wasn't very comfortable with his line. But you know, we we've got we've got different guys running the car differently. And it still changes daily. You're saying Jimmy Johnson wasn't very comfortable. Man, he made the top twelve. Fastest like, he's he was the fastest American. Out of like was it thirteen? There's thirteen or fourteen Americans. Fastest American on the first day. First day, yeah. Because Ed's starting in the second row now. Yeah. So yeah. So the yeah. first day, fastest American, so Probably the fastest rookie at that point too. And they're going to get them all the. Uh, that, yeah. At that point, ultimately, yeah. yeah. Ultimately, I know Gross John wound up having to milk the cow, but at the uh, fastest rookie luncheon today. All right, and it's the fastest field in the history of the Indy 500. So I mean, this is just there's so much speed built in, and these guys are all so close. Although I don't know how they count Wilson. That's the that's the little sticking point to me. If I have any gripe about the way qualifying went down, is that Monday felt like or not Monday Saturday felt like the old old day one of pole qualifying would have. But you would have had at least day two or day three and four in the old days. 
where you qualified 32 cars and then the next day you would have had time for people for bumping for people to get back in the race for Wilson to run. And I, I felt like if it was qualifying 12, 15, 20 years ago, you just had all the cars go the first day. Yeah. Is that, is that pass the smell test? Uh, anybody? Not to me, you know, cause you would have had wave offs is what you're right. I, I, I think that, you know, the fastest four lap average is already on a, not a first day qualifying. Right. You know, you always had some suspense coming back. You know, they tried to do that by making the fast 12, fast six. It had some of that, but you know, there's something to be said of when I'm walking through the garage taking pictures and you're taking pictures of Fernando Alonso, one of the best drivers in the world, not making the race or the Penske's not making the race or James Hinchcliffe getting bumped by James Davison by James Davidson. Yeah. I mean, you know, those type of things lead to the drama and the mystique of the Indianapolis motor speedway. And when you only have 32 and a half cars, that doesn't happen. Yeah. I, I, I wish that they hadn't had the issue they did mechanically with the Wilson car. Cause I think they would have put up a, a speed that was, he would have not have been the slowest. Yeah, he was, he was going to have a very competent speed. Uh, and the Ray Hall team has had trouble that we didn't, nobody saw coming as well. So it's been a very, very clean month up until Monday. We had two brushes of the wall. Yeah. I think Jimmy Johnson and had one of those the brushes was Sato. A very, Sato didn't hit it very hard at all. And then Monday, TikTok superstar Dalton Kellett, who I have grown to appreciate and love because he's been a shit poster on TikTok. <laughs> He's he's an engineering mind and he's an engineer graduate. So he's been explaining to people multiple page like engineering diagrams, stuff Dakota would actually appreciate about the car and how things how things work about them. Uh he's been breaking it down. He's a very he's not anywhere near the front of the grid, but he's been a measuring stick for Tatiana Calderon and Jimmy Johnson yeah. to have somebody in their class. Uh but he had he lost the car on on Monday. Yeah backed it into the wall and he and once again he scored brownie points with me because he blamed Ramon Grosjean for the crash which I think is is exactly what I would try to do yeah you tried he said he thought he was going to back out I'm like so I, I thought I just feels like so you would have backed out so you expected him to back out but he didn't back out so yeah you lost it and felt bad because it was at that point I was like man nobody's hit the wall yet and you kind of wait because you wait for that first one and you hope it's not bad we talked about you and I had this conversation on Sunday going yeah we're like nobody's it hit has the wall been yet. a very clean yeah month. very yeah just a couple I mean like just a couple brushes and nobody I don't think anybody had really had any damage to the car I think I heard that Jimmy's first brush that they had a hard time getting the wheel off but yeah whatever it's not a big deal Blake, you know, at some point somebody's going to catch the wall, and you almost hope it's a team that can afford to deal, like a team that has the resources that can deal with it. Last year, Alex Pillow hit the wall on day on on the first day of qualifying, and he was back in there and and qualified first two rows on Sunday. Yeah, uh, it's unfortunate with uh, Kellett's situation because the AJ Foyt team is very scarce right now. Uh, what 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 day was it? I think it was yesterday I was talking to some of the AJ Foyt guys uh, just down in the pits and I asked him about the Stefan Wilson situation like how could they not get the car back on track like Colton Herta did a full engine swap and was back out I, I asked if it was the team itself or like what the situation was and they assured me that it w- was not the team that the team he has is actually very good they're 
uh, European sports car mostly have been in the 500 before, but it's just not an IndyCar team. He's got Dragon Speed, who yeah. won. I think they won Mid Ohio last week, two weeks ago in IMSA. They won the 24 Hours of Daytona this year. They've fielded Brendan Hartley, uh, Ben Hartley, and uh, we're confusing two names. Ben Ben Hanley. Okay, yeah. Ben Han- Brendan Hartley, I think, was like a nasty driver, but actually never got to the track. Uh, and then because uh, he went up going F Formula E, Formula One, something like that. Yeah, anyway, Formula One. He was in. He was in between Rosenquist and uh, and. Uh, yeah, they put a car Kanan. solidly in the field last time we were here. Yeah, but uh, anyway, uh, they were talking that all of Foyt's spare parts are in Stefan Wilson's car. So if anything goes wrong with anybody, they've got to either come up with it or just rebuild the car completely because they have no spares because their spare parts are in the 33rd position. Well, Dolores just down the street, I guess. They can they can go buy more parts and pieces. But yeah, that is a team that you know usually was a two-car effort. And then this year, I think I'm guessing because of the big rocket check, Tatiana Calderon came along and they, they added an extra car for her. The K line money's there for Dalton Kellett. Uh, and then Kyle Kirkwood is their, their stud rookie driver. Uh, and then they got leaned on pretty heavily by IndyCar to help facilitate coming up with the equipment to get dragon speed on track. Well, they also have JL Hildebrand, don't they? In yeah. The she's, so Hildebrand is the oval driver for the Calderon right. the, for the right, 11 yeah. car. Uh, yeah. So which it, it may be the prettiest car. It's a very good. It's car. a very good looking it's car. It's American. A, ABC Supply. Yeah, but not a lot of ABC Supply branding. Oh, those their branding is red, white, and blue. So it's a very red, white, and blue car. If you're wondering about the cruise sunglasses that they're wearing, they're the twelve for twenty six pack on Amazon. <laughs> the the, I, the I American flag sunglasses. That, okay. Uh, the number eleven team's crew wears are twelve for twenty five on Amazon. They absolutely love them. If they work. Yeah. And then if you lose them or you break them or you, who cares? See, where else can you get this kind of insight but from the McCowns? What I really need from Blake is access to the ice cream. What ice cream are you talking about? I've not seen any ice cream. The Foyt ice cream. Foyt always has ice cream. Oh, I'm not Foyt. He has his own ice cream. (laughs) He has like a mini ice cream stand in the first garage. That's what's behind the walls. Well, that would make sense looking at AJ. Yeah. But no, I am under the grandstand in an absolute dungeon with a TV and water leaking on my head. That's the that's the dream. That was us on qualifications, and last week for the GP, that was us just sitting there. Mind you, it took me ten years to get to that dungeon. He's, he's unappreciative of his access, I can't isn't he? Handle it. I've got a picture of my kids when they were like three years old, sitting in the top floor of the pagoda in a suite, and Owen has no idea what he's doing. He's like, oh, "I'm just here." This is just where people go. I'm like, no, this is not where people go. Unappreciative. We do. We work so much for our kids. Have you been around the Foyt team? I've I've gotten modulated, Dakota. Are you playing? With, what, what buttons are you pressing over there? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> he's asleep. He's a little bored. Over no, there. he's uh, he's played with my voice. Uh, I feel more powerful and radio like. Um, have you hung out with the Foyt team on pit lane at all? Uh, been anywhere near JR uh, Hildebrand? I mean, just in passing, I've been more with the Andretti, with Marco specifically. I've been with him a lot. You haven't I, dropped a pit lane Jesus on JR yet? No, I, I have t- not. I, have talked to, I talked to pit lane Jesus yesterday. I did not refer to him. As, or Saturday or Sunday. I, I mean, he's he's a very nice guy. Like, he'll he'll nod at me. Like, he just... Every single time I pass Dalton Kellett, I call him TikTok superstar, and he's rolling his eyes at me at this point. He's got some <laughs> damn cool sunglasses on. Ugh. 
I have to see the new ones because I knew before he was into like the repro 80s vapor fly, whatever the big monster mirrored ones. I'm like, I can't take this. Those weren't cool when I was like, when I was in school. I, they're really not cool now. I bought Zach a gift and he's going to get it this weekend. Ugh. The question is, it's a sticker. Does he want me to choose where it goes and he just discovers it or does he want to, you need to put it, it to somewhere? Me. Yeah, don't stick it anywhere. Don't <laughs> stick anything to <laughs> <in> my property. <laughs> I've got an underbelly of the camper. That'd be great. It's got to go somewhere. Ugh, it's it, a Dalton it, Kellett sticker. I got you a Dalton Kellett sticker and a Charlie Kimball. It's a two fat twofer. Oh, geez. <laughs> How much did they pay you to take those? They were on the sale rack. I bet they were for about 25 cents each. Probably They're going somewhere. We love Charlie Kimball. I don't. Great guy. Absolute great guy. Yeah. He's, he might be a great guy, but ask some of his fellow drivers what they think of him. He's the kind of guy that they get warned when he's in the vicinity. Speaking of like Sato. Speaking of drivers yeah. that people don't like. Zach oh. Zach Paul Tracy is sad. Has been he he was in the news over the weekend and I, out of it's like it's like watching a car crash Dakota where you, there's certain things on Instagram you just you just watch because you know it's traumatic. I actually unfollowed him on Instagram a couple of months ago because there's not a lot of value in it. But he did last month he did the same thing. You just picture him sitting at home drinking, playing replays of the 20, 2002 Indianapolis 500 finish and like screaming at the TV and throwing a, a empty bottle at it because he's angry at the result still. So the Paul Tracy official Instagram page yesterday, he posted a Indy star article that I think he had something to do with getting written. The headline is Paul Tracy still adamant. He won the Indy 500 in 2002 but Elio climbed the fence. Why did that happen? And this is all linked. If you're a, if you're a Patreon, you get the uh, you've got all these uh, in the in the show notes. There's a little clickable link in the folder, and you can you can flip through and see all of the uh, Instagram stuff. Because I think Paul at some point is going to have to delete these out of shame. He'll, but yeah. we screenshotted it for you just just in case. Yeah. It's, it's when he gets his. Can you explain back. this? This was uh, okay. before I was so, born. So in 2002, Paul Tracy was a uh, was in the what is now the Andretti Autosport team okay. uh, racing uh, against Elio Castroneves in the Penske car. Elio was uh, the first year that they had kind of reunited or some teams had started to jump ship. Team Cool Green. So the Penske had become an IRL team again. There were entrants from the cart teams that had come over and were in the Indy 500, but they were not full season entries. So Paul Tracy was essentially a one-off. Elio was in a fuel save mode. Lap 199, a couple cars crashed. They're going into turn three, and there's this question as to whether or not Elio lifted just because he was saving fuel and lifted, and Paul Tracy passed him going into three just as the yellow flag comes out. Controversial, questionable, perhaps. But Paul Tracy passes him around the outside going into turn three. Probably a 25-mile-an-hour speed difference between the two cars. The IRL rules... Paul Tracy passed under yellow. The yellow was already out. They set it back. Lap under caution. Elio wins the race. Paul Tracy finishes second. And for the last 20 years, he said, I won the Indy 500. <laughs> so, and he's still, this is 2002. It's 2022 now. Yeah. He is. And it's not just like a Mario Andretti, Bobby Unser, like, haha, I won the Indy 500. Get over it, which is probably what should be the example of this. And people became friends. Paul Tracy is just now a bitter old man. Well, because then that was Elio going back to back. And then he went, now he's a four time yeah, winner. He's, and he's just an upbeat guy. And then he did, 
Paul Tracy had the same like meltdown last year. Last year, he, it was like, you probably don't know what the Zabruder film is, like with JFK, when you see somebody, but you picture him just watching this in slow-mo. And he was posting like frame by frame last year, trying to plead his case for something that's now two decades old. Yeah, you can't and he's, just and, take him off the Borg Warner. So like, he was doing that. I think it, it, and it was reviewed at the time and it was looked appealed, into. And it, it, yeah. Now it was Brian Barnhart, and it was. I don't and it was the think they family. made it official till the next day, did they? Uh, so the Indianapolis Star article says that they they waited a few hours that yeah. evening. They they made it official at probably eight nine o'clock at night. Yeah, it where, was it, where was, it was an official controversial for official a while. Uh, Paul Tracy says this article's you know happened now. All I need to know is that Elio refused to comment, and that Roger Penske refused to comment. And I'm think I'm looking at it going. Well, no shit. They refused to comment. It's 20 to, years. It's 20 years They're ago. They're getting ready to run in the 106 running. Well, it's 100. This is, like, Roger Penske now owns the track. He doesn't want to rehash this again. Uh, every time Paul wants to talk about it, everybody else doesn't have to talk about the damn thing, right? But Roger has the first time since he bought the track two and a half years ago that he has full stands. He has something to celebrate, and he's got his former driver belly aching over another driver winning. It's it's time's up, right? Like and, you're, you're done. And Elio made a comment. I think he said sorry, Paul, or something like that after he won last year. <laughs> and so, and been in. Some people were kind of mad at him about it for saying it, but I was like, he's seen himself get drugged through the mud on social media by him saying it's just like yeah. So that's post number one. Have Paul you ever Tracy. seen Paul Tracy's girlfriend's post? Him and his girlfriend. They are. Yeah, uh, I don't really. I thought they, those do not look like girls from around here. No, around they do not. Speaking of girlfriends, have we uh, caught Marco Andretti's new girlfriend? Yeah, I textbook. Pick, I could pick her out. I could pick her out of a lineup. Yeah. Chanel shoes and Fendi bag in the pits. Yeah, Lululemon. Yeah. Well, right. I was wearing Lululemon. <laughs> Come on, I'm wearing it right now. She was wearing like. Yeah, I, I no. looked. I was like, "Who's this?" I'm like, I went oh. up to the PR girl. I was like, "This Marco's new girl," and she goes, "How'd you know?" I was like. Very textbook. Well, kissing Marco would, would be the first signal of that. Well, probably I deal. didn't see that. All right. So Paul Tracy says, he po- his next post is NBCSports.com, which essentially has a rebuttal saying, here's, here's what happened. So IndyStar does the article. Nate Ryan cleans it up a little bit. And then Paul says, well, they didn't call me. Well, no, because he didn't call in the other one. And then it starts the entire Zabruder film again, where he posts. And then he goes to the effort of posting the next, th- once again, frame he goes frame. back to three more posts. And they're grainy because it's 20 years old. He, well, well to Paul's defense, the, the real problem is is that he nobody cares that he's still mad at Ernie Francis Jr. from SRX either. You know, so. It was uh, instant replay in the NFL at this time? Yes. Okay. Yes, but it, it, in, in the NFL, instant replay was still irrefutable visible, uh, visual evidence. It, and then the IRL basically said, that's eh, too close to call. So here is the ultimate in pettiness, Blake. If you can read this here, he had he framed the photo of him passing passing Elio. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and he has, this, he has this on display. The real winners. That's... Uh, okay, but let's go back to Scott. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just an intern. <laughs> let's, let's oh, yeah, you're on the to, payroll. You're not allowed yeah, to have an opinion. I'm not Let's go to back to opinion. Scott Goodyear. Scott Year, Goodyear did win the 500. He got beat by he got beat by little Al once by two feet, and then he came back and passed the pace car and would have won the race, but they called him back for passing the pace car. Scott Goodyear is not on Channel 13 at night talking about, I won the 500. 
twice. No, he's actually very gracious about his loss to Alan Sir Jr. Correct. Uh, in a race that he never qualified for either. Correct. Mike Groff did. Is it Mike Groff? He, he jumped in with a car Mike Groff qualified as an emergency it, backup car. It was him or Davy Jones. I don't remember. Yeah, I think it was which. Mike Groff. Okay. Uh, it was definitely, it was not Davy. So yeah, but yeah, you're, there are some weird things that have happened in this race. And, and Scott Goodyear is still on TV some, and Paul Tracy isn't. Paul Tracy is now out of work. For, <laughs> I'm guessing for good reason. Nobody's crying. Well, he said he he's had scheduling conflicts or something like that. He's also a guy who habitually has horrible things pop up on social media, and then when the f- crap hits the fan, he got hacked. He got hacked like three <laughs> times in a year. It was s- shocking, but none of the things that were being said while he was hacked were actually out of character for him. <laughs> he was, should uh, probably change his pass from, password from real winner. That's my guess. And he almost, well, he almost got... They didn't bring him back look for IndyCar like last year they're going to bring him back part time and then they decided to bring him back full time and so he bought a new he's in he's in the boats he has a big like he doesn't actually use it offshore but he has one of those a big power boat and the power his new one's called cancel this and so he's just one of those kind of guys they took Hinchcliffe instead Hinchcliffe I, Hinch has is great I think I'd rather have Hinch on the Correct. mic than Much Paul better. Tracy much better no, no headache and, you don't have to worry about series. you don't have to worry about Hinch going on a drunken Social media rant. All right, let's uh, let's. This is the chance for Zach to tell me if I'm being if I'm if I'm taking too much offense on behalf of all the bronze badge holders. You're a bronze badge holder, Zach. Yes. You also are an incredibly gifted winner of every lottery that IndyCar Nation yes. has. So this didn't ultimately affect you. But, Luckily, but it very well could have. It affected people I knew. Have have bronze badge holders gotten the shaft this year, or are they? Should they not expect any more than just hey, you can get in the garage area and you can get in the get in in the grounds? I think they got the shaft, but not an intentional thing. I think that it highlighted uh, one people's assumption that things don't change at the track, and two IMS's inability to communicate changes to their staff because. What had ha- what apparently so there's uh, they have off and on since they went to this new format. So back in the day, as we talked about, poll day used to be the Saturday, and so the poll sitter knew what was going on. Well, they started doing these shootouts, and these shootouts are always on Sunday afternoon. Um, and so the poll sitter, the guys going for the poll, normally once you qualified and you were good, if you're on first weekend, you'd spend the next week or weekend when you had downtimes, you just go out and practice and work on your race setup. So these guys wouldn't have the chance. So now they start doing this Monday practice. And the Monday practice is awesome. And they said, hey, we're going to let the bronze badge holders get on pit lane that day. And there was notice of it. Notice. And it turned into a, yeah. And they were like, or just, yeah, they would to send the, out a tweet. Where or, you would be like, hey, I'm going to plan on taking Monday off. Yep. And I'm going to go to the track because I know that I'm going to get this extra access. Yes. And so the, and I think they thought, you know, how many people are going to show up? Because it wasn't a big deal. Bronze badge holders, for the most part, are fairly respectful. We're all super stoked to be there. Um they're and, the diehards. The bronze yeah, we, badge guys yeah. are the diehards. And, I mean, like for learn. me, I get to the track enough that I do the math every year. I'm like, oh, I feel bad. What? But like, it's only like twenty dollars more than me just going to the track the days I'm already going to go to the track because um, it gets you in the track every day. So they had that Monday deal, and that practice then went away for COVID, and then it came back. And the assumption was across the board, bronze badge holders are going to get into pit lane that day, and. Um, there's a guy who I follow Facebook friends. He's this, um, he's a member of a Scotty. Yeah. Scotty's a Scotty blew it up. He's a member member of a, of the crew of a, of team crew. And he, he's been a crew member for over 30 years. Yeah. Category five. He might be the greatest 
social media advocate for the Indianapolis Motor Speedway I've ever seen. The dude is posting stuff like mad, like he's there every day, or he's posting something IMS related for the last six weeks about every day. I thought he worked in the gift shop because there's always something. <laughs> no, he's, he, he keeps up to date on merch, where the merch is. Where, at the, He's like, oh, look, new merch at the store. And he's like, oh, by the way, check out the merch at the Kroger in Crawfordsville. He keeps you up to date. <laughs> you, there's no more information being given than this guy's Facebook account. He's fantastic. So he says, and I believe him 110%, he went to the credentials office this month and said, hey, is this the deal? And they said, yep. And then I stopped and spoke to a yellow shirt that I recognized who always works that Monday. I talked to her Sunday afternoon. I said, hey, is this going to get me on pit lane tomorrow? And she's like, yep. And there had been a day on t- the first day of practice, they let bronze patch holders on pit lane and nobody knew about it until the last minute. And including like, I knew people that were at the track and got told after they'd been at the track for a while, oh, they just told us you guys are allowed on pit lane today. Apparently that was the day. And I even saw somebody posted a picture of some paperwork that had come with the bronze badge. I don't know where they got the paperwork because I didn't get any of that. That said that that was a day. So that had replaced apparently the Monday. They didn't tell anybody. And so I, I received a bronze badge and I got no indication I got no of paperwork. that special date. Yeah. And so somebody showed me that somebody also posted a picture of like the official, if you've ever seen what the official track schedules look like, they're a, they're a spreadsheet with like 18 different colors on them. And it was absolutely confusing. To absolutely horribly confusing. But they had zoomed in on Monday, bronze badge holders, pit lane access. And it was apparently pr- published on like May 2nd. And apparently it had gone back and forth. So there was a lot of confusion on Monday. A lot of bronze badge holders, I think, were there because they thought they were going to get on pit lane, and they didn't. Can I add something? And 700 old guys that have old-timers bronze badges didn't get to go on today and, or Monday and thought they would. Yeah. So. And so, so and, Doug Bowles replied to a tweet, and he said, uh, y'all had Tuesday. It was never the intention for you guys to have Monday. Well, he also said that this day wasn't on the schedule. When we put it on the schedule, we didn't think to move it to that. We just left it on the Tuesday. But if we do in the future, we will have it on this day. So he kind of admitted, he's like, hey, but yeah, we should have probably done that. And then because of the rain mess that happened on GP day, bronze badge holders also didn't get a grid walk. Yeah. So and see, I thought, I thought when they did the Tuesday thing that that was maybe a payback for the grid walk. And it's like, first of all, I'm much more likely to take a Monday off than a Tuesday. Tuesday's in the middle of my work week. But they, I wouldn't care if I was the only one that knew or was confused. But yellow shirts didn't know. Crew members, people didn't know. Nobody knew. It was I, not communicated not well. well. So somebody, I, I don't doubt that the decision was made, like the Doug Bowles and a couple other levels below the Doug Bowles level, but they should have, knowing how weird and traditional Indy 500 fans are, they should say, oh, by the way, guys, you need to know this, this Monday practice, since we're since initially we weren't having it, but they announced the Monday practice like two weeks ago, I think. We're doing the pit lane day on Tuesday, and even if that Monday practice comes around, because they, like I said, they didn't announce it for a couple of weeks, but they needed to put that on blast. So, Mike, people, what credential did the old timers have that they were not allowed to? Honest? If you are no longer working, do you have a gold a member, badge? No, you have a bronze badge. Okay. So, like the day after the race, I can go get my bronze badge, you know, because I now earn one for life. But when you work, 
you get a silver. You've got something to get so, you. Yeah. So all of the old timers today at the barbecue were all, we tried to get in yesterday and we couldn't, you know. But nope. they also don't let walkers through, you know, or wheelchairs through. Or- no, they let wheelchairs in. I had a guy on, on an electric uh, scooter that was in the middle of the way for a tugger coming through, and I thought he was going to die. Really? So they let like I had to move tires for him to <laughs> have somewhere to pull to go. up. Yeah, so time. a tugger could come through. I was like, I understand. Like we're trying to advocate for everybody and like give everybody the experience, but that's a hazard. <clears throat> well, but, they may, maybe they had to change the rules wait. for the car owner that's in a wheelchair. Yeah, yeah and he has a driver or, or former driver. But, but like, yeah, I saw Robbie was on pit lane and Robbie goes to the pit box, parks his wheelchair to the side and hops up in the chair. But and I saw. Uh, He's looking great, too. by the way. Yeah. Oh, dude's but, phenomenal. But it was like it turned to me after hearing everything and like everybody that I'd heard about on the Tuesday said it was a last minute change. And then everything that I heard on like everyone at university said they've been changing their mind up and down. And then here's a picture of a schedule that had it. And then I saw one guy post a picture of paperwork saying that like, look like what you would get when you looked on the website, but I even looked on the website and I saw nothing like of a daily schedule of what bronze badge access was. So it was just, if you're going to make that decision, that's cool. You need to tell people and make sure that even your yellow shirts know because it, everybody assumed it well, was the case until they were told otherwise. Yellow from, shirts, black shirts. Yeah, from my standpoint. Yeah. Really anybody with a whistle. We get, uh, every day there's a new, um, like, just calendar posted, like, what's allowed, what's not. It's yeah, the yeah there's, a lam- there's a laminated placard yeah, I saw and it gave everywhere. You, and they would just tear off each day. And, and originally, had- like, yesterday morning, we're told bronze badges are allowed in, but not while the track's hot. And I was like, Okay, that's a little weird. But then I also looked, the pit and garage pass was allowed in, but not while the track was hot. So the gold badge, the supervisor calls up to Pagoda Command, and as people are walking in, we get the word, no bronze badges whatsoever, and pit and garage passes are good. That tells me it's an institutional problem, not a, a fan didn't read their mail. I didn't get anything. I renewed my bronze badges. And then when I went to pick it up, it was in a little baggie, slightly bigger than the badge. And they said, here you go. And I got no paperwork. So if you're going to change things, tell me because I'm a creature. There's that's the weird thing about bronze badges is there's like a very short list of things that get you, it gets you in the track every day, gets you in garage. And then it did still even say it gets you in an hour early into the track. Somebody said they got turned away. Um, I think what gates you're allowed to go into has changed a couple times. Um, I've used the hour early thing. Cause if they have infield parking, you'd, show up 15 minutes early and you get front row um, to park. But then there's all these little other things that they've given and taken away throughout the years. And when you don't put stuff in writing, then it makes people angry when stuff. (laughs) And then when you go to social media to try to figure it out, I bet Doug Bowles got blown up because I tweeted at him too. I was like, is there a reason why this got taken away? And it turns out, and I understand when he explained what had happened, but I would have thought that that would have been something that they would immediately addressed or at least say, Hey, by the way, we're doing this on Tuesday, not on Monday, even though we're in the Monday practice, we're leaving the pit lane act, the bronze is silver day for Tuesday. It wasn't communicated well, and I'll give them that, but you guys have to realize that Doug Bowles is the best communicator that we've ever had. I don't think it was a Doug Bowles problem. That's not a Doug Bowles level problem. That's a people. That's the yellow shirt. That's the security Whoever's in charge of security and access, that's his problem. That's not a Doug Bowles problem. 
So I don't blame Doug. Doug's the whipping boy because Doug's on Twitter and Doug's active and Doug answers questions. He's the face, he's the he's face, the face of the way. tracking. He's super accessible. So he's the one that's getting blown up on Twitter because I don't know who else on Twitter to blow up to ask about that. So Mike, let's talk about what your weekend's going to look like. What days, what days are you there? When do you show up? I know we, we've, we've long talked about how you shoot from the, uh, from the, the island. Uh, on the north end of the racetrack, what what does your what's your weekend look like as an IMS photographer? So I'll be there Friday morning early. Um, we'll do all of the final practice. Um, after practice, I usually when they get ready to start pit stop and stuff, I will usually um, switch out all my camera gear and go to more of a portrait type setting, and and I'll uh, go shoot driver headshots and girlfriend headshots and that sort of stuff to get myself ready. Um, On Saturday, I will not do much. I think Friday afternoon when I leave the track, I'm going to go to the memorabilia show. Um, I love that show. I've been there for years. Um, New location now. It's not in in Indianapolis at all. It's out in Plainfield. It's in Plainfield at the hotel. So I'll go do that. Um, Saturday, I drink a lot of Gatorade and a lot of water. Um, I clean every camera, I charge every battery, I get my war wagon ready because I actually carry a wagon in that has it's all my equipment. The, it's quite comical. You see, a, well, if it wasn't me, I'd be like, what the hell is this dude doing with a wagon? But like, I know the backstory and why. He doesn't have any beer on it. No. It's all just camera It's equipment. all camera equipment. And it's just funny to see Very him. Very heavy. <laughs> it's funny to see him waddling down pit lane, tugging a wagon behind him because he looks... So do you take the entire wagon and the contents of it to yes. the island with you? Yes. You lift it up over the wall and in. No, I, I'm not in between. The, I'm on the pit wall. You're on the pit wall. Okay. So um, I'll set everything up. Um, I used to first, and I don't know what will be this year, but I used to the first pit stops come back and get the first four or five pits. Um, but I'll take the grid walk um, I'll go ahead and t- probably tie the fire suit around my waist and not totally be ready and go out and shoot celebrities. I mean, I've, I've got some pretty nice stuff of some pretty cool people like presidents and Russell Crowe and Jessica Simpson and, you know, the Kardashians <clears throat> and Muhammad Ali and Blake. Do you have confidence that your dad can pick the celebrities out, the modern celebrities that are there? See, I told him who the uh, honorary starter was, and he goes, who's that? The, I don't know who the, that is. The, the new Green Flag Waver is there. He's in the Top Gun movie, and I had yeah. I had no clue. Uh, he, oh, what? what's he? I was going to say, in my defense. What's his name? Miles. Um, he, in my is, defense, he's in, a mo- I, he's in a movie I will see. I will be aware of him at some yes. point, but the movie comes out two days before he waves the flag. <laughs> it officially comes out Friday. Um, he has been in a lot of stuff that I have seen. I can't tell you what it is, but well, well, you know, you have to put it in context. One year, Associated Press gave me the Yep guy from from Oh Dave from uh, Dave Storage Wars. From Storage Wars. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't know who that is. Yeah, yeah, I've gotten all sorts. I got the guys from Orange County Choppers once. Dakota, do you have any idea who Miles Teller is? Does that name ring a bell to you? No, no idea. Okay. Can I see his picture real quick? Because I mean, they had Jack Nicholson do this once. They've had they, Matt Damon. They've had and Matt Damon. Yeah. It. 
and then it's this guy, and he's he's going to be the is he the son of Goose? Yes, yeah. I believe so. And uh, the new and Top he must guy. do some makeup because in that picture he looks nothing like Goose, but in the m- previews for the movie, the the guy walks in. I'm like, oh crap! They used they have the son of Goose in here. <laughs> the like, son I, of knew Goose. Imme- I knew immediately. I'm like, oh, that's who that character is. He was in War Dogs with Jonah Hill. Uh, he's in the Fantastic Four. I did see War Dogs. He's the guy from Project X. I haven't seen any of these. Okay, Project X is the greatest okay, so movie. Okay, so was he in any kids' movies? That's my so wheelhouse. So I'll probably right be now. with Linda Vaughn or somebody because I don't <laughs> uh, know who this character is. She's there. You have to do some touching up. Um, so my race day becomes Fast and Furious. It really does. Um, you know, after sitting on the sideline for two years with COVID and. You know, the first year Blake and I actually sat on the outside of the fence, which was a new perspective for me. And last year I I went with Addie and her boyfriend and and Angie and myself went and we were sitting there and I was just really bummed because I saw all these fat old guys that had credentials and I didn't and uh, took off for a walk, kicking cans and cussing under my breath and rocks look over and there's a bunch of state police and they all part ways and there stands Mike Pence who says, hi Mike. (laughs) And I'm thinking, you know what? I'm not good enough to photograph the race this year because of COVID protocol, but the vice president knows who I am. So, you know, it's, it's a difficult thing for me, but there is nothing like race day for me. But you're back now. I'm back. So you had to live like us, like the poor's. For like two years, yeah, and nearly and, killed and, you. And I nearly killed he me. He tried, like, yeah, this. He was distraught. I was distraught last year. Well, now you can cry over the balloons not going up. Yeah, that doesn't bother me. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> me either. That, I really could care less. That triggered a whole bunch of people, and you. Know what shocked me is that they thought they were coming back. Yeah, I'm like, that's going away. Yeah, that's, that's gone forever. They're going to take this opportunity. It's dead with uh, yeah, to, with with Zach's trackside camping for the harvest. You know, I. I thought that the marketing team at, in the IMS did a really good job with that commercial this year. The back home again. Oh, like, that got me. You know, so when you hear up. Roger Pinsky talk in that commercial and that back home, I mean, that is my family's that's interpretation. Is that Roger Pinsky? Yes, that's not Roger is. Pinsky. That's David Letterman. That's David Letterman. That's David Letterman. That's David Letterman. It's not Roger. Roger has a very it's David Letterman. That's yeah. David Letterman. You graduated oh, from that's the college. Best, that's the best Easter that's egg. That's the second most famous person out of Ball State next to me. Old white men. Also that was to me. Mike. To me, that was the greatest Easter egg of that. Is that they don't reference who that is at all. And you listen to it and listen. I'm like, that's David Letterman. Wow, I Good thought it was Dave. Pinsky. No, no. But regardless of which, I'm, I mean, it is is fantastic. That do is your emotions fantastic. change in any way? Yes, that it's not Penske. Yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'd like it better than than if than being Dave. I like it better as Dave. Still a car owner. I posted a picture of myself with Letterman one time and said the two most famous people from Ball State. I had to take the picture. Him for a late night gig and me for the most parking tickets ever at Ball State University. Yeah. I'm, when I realized that was I, Dave's born Hoosier, grew up not that far from the track, and still is around. And I've and we the last time I got to do a grid walk uh, for the Grand Prix, ran into Dave, and he was snarky to my sister in law, which is the best. <laughs> she 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 walked up to him and said chirp chirp. He's like that means nothing to me. <laughs> it's just deadpan. Like that's Dave. And I think I said hey, glad to see you at the track. And he just and he was nice enough to me, but I didn't expect much out of him. Um, 
Yeah. So that that video, though, if you, people haven't seen it, it starts out with Elio humming back home again in Indiana, and it's spectacular. It's you know, I, they, IMS Productions. Does they played it horror. at our orientation, yeah. and like there's kids around me who that was their first time at the track was for orientation. And I'm sitting there getting teared up and goosebumps all over me. There's people crying in the video. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it, I, I'm not supposed to have reactions and not supposed to be like starstruck for my job this year, but I will be crying when they play back home again in Indiana. I already know. Jeremiah, it's, it's a little different for us. You know, my uncle Jim was a photographer there for 57 years and his brother John was more than 50 and, you know, we started this show, I don't even know what year, but in 18, Addie was an intern with, with Ed Carpenter and ended up on the pole. I think 18 was our first year. Yeah. You know, and and then, you know, this week I got, or got to go back and I'm down there and I turn around and Blake's in headsets working. I mean, it's a big deal for our family. It always has been. And, uh, it's, it's an emotional time for me. You know, I realized the very first time I was there, I was there illegally on a on a badge from the Courier Times as a 15 or 16-year-old. And I took this picture of this guy that was sitting in a car and had an umbrella in his hand. And he went out and hit the wall and died. It was Gordon Smiley. That was the first image I ever photographed at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. 1982. The, the thing in motorsports that Zach and I both listened to Dinner with Racers and uh, the, the I think the the lasting key in all of it is that stuff started with a fib. It was oh, a little yeah. lie. Everybody everybody snuck into the garage area. Everybody's yeah. everybody's first credential wasn't entirely on the up and up. Right. Fake it till you make it. And yeah, there's yeah, there's so many of those people that are like, yeah, they said, have you ever driven a sports car? Well, oh yeah, I've got plenty of sports car experience. Or like, oh yeah, I've done this, and like none of them did. Or they lied about how a lot of them are a lot how old they were to get a license. And then who's the one I just saw like they faked they're, they just started making up. They looked up the schedule for their SCCA license, and they had to keep a log. And they just started writing down races that were on the schedule and just putting in that they did them. And then they got their they got their license. Boris so, said, "Yeah, Boris said, <laughs> yeah, Boris said, Boris said on Dale Junior. Now he's like faked. I mean, completely just he he, he got he his national license got, on like two races. He literally just got hit, got out the the album of the year and like, yep, I was at that one. Yep, I was at that one. Yep, I was at that one. Probably so you, one of the best road racers in yeah, the history of the world. Your little your little white lie with the couriers, nothing. Yeah. I think we snuck my sister in on a bronze badge when she was thirteen. And we just had her there practice. Are kids and with the pit and garage passes who are not a day over twelve, and I can't say a word. We uh, we just had her practice her birth date, and they asked her her birth date, and she said the right number, and eh, it was fine. She got you, she did get questioned you can get once. Ki- you can get kids in the garage at like nine. But yeah, yeah. That, they have changed that now in in more recent years. And apparently, at one point, it's like you had to like sign pass. your life away, and now it's just like sign here that you won't sue us if something happens to your kid. You know, they used to kick out for shorts. They used to kick out for open toe shoes. They used to kick out for a lot of things. Kick out for being. I a saw woman. a guy barefoot in pit lane. <laughs> I was just that's like, really gutsy. He, he was in scrubs and barefoot, and I go. I want to be like, sure. What what the hell are you doing? I think you saw pit lane, Jesus. All right, let's <laughs> let's let's talk about some gambling. This is something that did not legally exist when we started the show five years ago, and now we have we have DraftKings, and there are legitimate lines, and we have Caesar's Sportsbook at the track. At the track, you have yep. Caesar's, uh, and there are a number of places you can take this action, Dakota. Uh, but the very the, the cool thing that they have now is they have groups. You can pick a from a group of winners, so head to head, and you can say, "Hey, 
There's a group of drivers, and which one of these is going to finish ahead of the others? You could have Pato Award, Joseph Newgarden, Renus VK, or Will Power. Just straight up one of those four, if they beat the other ones. If, if Will Power is your pick out of that, you put a dollar down, you win $3.50. So 10 bucks pays out 35 They could The other three could crash out, and Will could finish 10th. You made 35 bucks. Wow. That's pretty neat. Group B, Colton Herta, Takuma Sato, Jimmy Johnson, Scott McLaughlin. Now, what I want to know is, if, as you guys hear these, is there anybody that, like, yep, that's the absolute winner out of that group? Colton Herta is the winner in that group. Over Takuma, Scotty, and Takuma is waiting for a crash. All right. Every Jimmy's waiting that. for a crash. And Scott, you don't know. So you think, you think Colton, Colton is the favorite in that. Yep. He's basically 2.4 2. to 1. Group C, Felix Rosenquist, Roman Grossjohn, Alex Rossi, Simon Pagino. I have Pagano coming up. Rossi. I think I think Rossi's real hungry. I'll tell you that group B is like that's a killer set over like Pato Ward, Joseph Newgarden, Reese, VK Willpower. That's a pretty decent one. Uh, I don't know about Pato on a five hundred mile race yet, but like Colton Herta, Sato obviously can win it. He's won it twice. Colton Herta's hungry. Um had a heck of a Grand Prix. Scott McLaughlin should have won Texas last year in his first oval. And then Jimmy should have won this year. And then Jimmy Johnson, he got a lot. He's got a lot of haters, but I think I saw the statistic. He's done more 500 mile races than the rest of the field combined. Nowhere in a golf cart in a NASCAR. Yeah, but but like he's got the long game down. He's had a good month of May. Kurt Busch. He's never done 500 miles as fast though. Kurt like, Busch. Kurt Busch was like a top five car, yeah, or top ten car. So yeah, I think I like without Kurt having Bush. sat in a car for a year and a half. Jimmy Johnson has worked, been in an Indy car. I, I, I don't discount him. I, I, a top ten is very, re, a re, very reasonable expectation. And if you're in the top to 10, me, and if you're, if you're in the top ten with twenty laps to go, and it's unless it's can. real stretched out, it's yeah, you, you've got. And then, like his last year, um, Elliot won on experience. He just out maneuvered Alex Palou. At the end, and it was just he knew what he was doing, and that was Alex's first turbo time in contention. I think that you get Jimmy Johnson 100 laps in that race, and he'll start figuring out that math of can I pass? When can I pass? How can I do that stuff? He'll be formulating that, and they've already said I think that he'll they're going to start doing. I know that a carpenter said they're going to start doing like like race sims on carb day. They're going to they start, were doing it yesterday. They're going to start figuring out that stuff, and I think that when it comes to the brain part, Jimmy Johnson's got as much experience in that regard. I know he was going slower, but I think he's got that year in IndyCar last year. And then I'll say he did ovals and obviously at Texas it clicked. So all of a sudden he's like, okay, I've got this experience in this car. Now I'm doing something that I'm very familiar with and the speed will come. It, that's his brains adjusted. All right. So head to heads, they've just straight up head to head, not a group, <laughs> just head to head. You could have Mike Scott McLaughlin versus Ed Carpenter. Do you have a pick? Do you have a feel, a gut feel? Carpenter. Carpenter's going to see Scotty finished top three at Texas. Sato versus Kanan. Kanan. He's my pick. All right. Rossi versus Ray Hall. Rossi. 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 (laughs) Mike just wants Ray Hall to hit and turn forward. I just want Ray Hall to not. Pagano versus Castroneves. Equal equipment. That's a tough one. Pagano Pagano I've got Pagano. How crazy I think of a Pagano sh- is sneaky quick. 
I think he can surprise well, he, a lot of people in that second. Pashno's problem is if it was a 505 mile race, he'd be like a four time winner <laughs> because he's in this shot at the end a lot, but he's just getting to the shot at the end. Cause he, I think he was coming last year, the year before he was coming out of nowhere. So that would be a crazy showdown as those two Dakota Pato award versus Renus VK. I don't know either of those names. <laughs> Those are the two new young studs. I've never heard two, those two names four. in my entire life. Patricio Award, the young Mexican versus the front row starter, Renus VK, the Dutchman. Sure, I'll go with the Dutch guy. Good pick. That's a good pick. I think I'd go with VK, too. I think yeah. he's hitting 243, 244 going in. He's a little, I think he's three. crazier than Pato. <laughs> and that's hard to beat. And the right kind of crazy. That's hard to beat. Jack Harvey versus Kirk or Kyle Kirkwood. Harvey. I got Kyle Kirkwood. I don't think the Ray Hall cars are going to be. Chris, we've not talked about Christian Lungard. He might put a 198 up. Like, he is not quick whatsoever. Jimmy Johnson versus Marcus Erickson. Marcus Erickson. Mar- yeah, Marcus. I, I would actually make that bet is Marcus Erickson. So it's not a straight up. It's Marcus Erickson, negative 130, or Jimmy Johnson, plus 100. So it is a massive swing for Jimmy. That is a very advantageous if you take Jimmy. Like yeah, it's a double good. double is good for Jimmy if that one. All right, this is the toughest one because I think it's it's actually the two favorites. Scott Dixon versus Alex Pillow, head to head. Dixon, nice man, hundred percent. Oh man, yeah. I think in I think that like three out of five. That's Dixon, Alex. But I think Alex. I bet stud. I, bet, I think we're gonna hit that two out of five this year. With I bet Pillow. Alex has watched the film of the last ten laps of last year's race over and over again and has figured out what he didn't know. Grosjean versus Rosenquist. 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 Yep. He's, so he's, Gro- I've got Grosjean in that. Grosjean is, so that's if, <laughs> assuming you're of legal age to do this sort of a thing, mm-hmm. uh, that Grosjean is a plus 100 versus a negative 130. So that is a big, big, big Grosjean advantage if you like it. All right. So here's the, uh, here's the official We've been I've been watching the lines all month as we're getting close. Now we've qualifying's in the books, and as of this morning, your favorite to win the Indy 500, 5.5 to one, is Scott Dixon. As it should be. Right behind him is Alex Pillow at plus six hundred. But in third, they have Pato Award, which is insane to me. He's shown me nothing on ovals. He's shown me nothing at the Indy five hundred. I mean, and they they've were, got him at they're, third. They're strong this month. Both of them in the fast 12, but uh, Renus VK is uh, your fourth 11 to one. Joseph Newgarden, 12 to one. Will Power, 14 to one. I'd like to see Newgarden get one. <sighs> Are the Penske's good enough to win at this point? You never count out a Penske. Didn't want to say that last year, and they were just dog crap until Pagino charged at the very end, but they were never in contention to evenly lapse. And they haven't been much better than I don't this year. think this is their year. I think if this is their year, we'd know about it. I mean, yeah, they got enough running before. But yeah, so this is, this is, this is where it's interesting. Colton Hurd is next on the list in favorites. And then Scott McLaughlin tied with Scott McLaughlin is Jimmy Johnson. So you're telling me that all these guys are ahead of Tony Kanon. Tony Kanon is all the way down at, uh, yeah, these, these guys are all ahead of Tony. I'm going to bet. So if we go Tony Kanon's plus 2000. Yeah. So 20 to one. I'll take it. The, the the biggest disadvantage for Tony Kanon, and I know a guy on his crew, is that his crew is just assembled. 
So they do like five to eight pit stops. I know the guy that I know on this team is a stud of a guy. Like he gets, he works high level teams. He just is choosing to not be a full time crew guy. But five to eight pit stops is a lot. But, but they've got a couple of Andretti guys on there. They've got some other people on there. Former Andretti guys, I'm saying. Well, one of the guys is a former Dixon yeah. crew member. So he's got, I mean, he's got a solid crew. That's his, but. I'll he, tell you what I look at is I look at who's quiet but stealthy. And, and I guarantee you that Kanan has tried to stay out of the spotlight and is making laps and coming through the turn as smooth as anybody. And to get Kanan is last year's Helio for me. Mine, Marcus Erickson. I think he didn't show out on pole day. He wasn't very quick, but I think he has just been sneaky quick and has just been putting up What's lap Erickson after at? lap. Um, Plus 1,800, 18 to 1. Uh, he and Kanan are both. Right, at the same odds. But right. Erickson's in a Ganassi, and it's going to be damn hard to beat Ganassi. Elio was 38 to 1 last year. So at the very bottom, the very bottom of the uh, of the chart, the true underdogs, according to Vegas, these are all 100 to 1. Actually, there's a 30 to 1. Uh, a 300 to 1, rather, and it's Steph Wilson. Uh, Dalton Kellett. Is two hundred to one, and then at the one hundred one level, you have Calamilot, Stage Karam, Jack Harvey, Devlin DeFrancisco, Christian Lungard, Kyle Kirkwood, J.R. Hildebrand, and Stage Karam. If I and Ilot's better than some of those. Ilot, Ilot's got some good speed under him. He's just in the Yunko's car. And is any quick. is any one of those have any puncher's chance to any of you? Are they the rich strike of the Indy five hundred? Do you feel like any of them has a has a path to victory if we're talking in our political world over I mean, here? I th- Sage Karam. I think Iowa probably could. It depends on how well the team operates and his strategy operates, because that's the one thing you just don't know is like how good are they on strategy. When you said Sage Karam, Zach just twitched a little uh, don't like him either. Yeah, but here's the thing with Sage Karam. He's always fast. Now he may crash. The Dry and Rainbow cars are top ten cars. They right? are, and they always have been. And I have like grown. To, I've gotten to know some of the guys on the team, and like they've thrown me inside information, and they are a lot smarter than people think. And I think out of the underdogs, he would be a very, very solid pick if you were to take one. And their other car is Santino Ferrucci, who is sixty to one. I would give Santino. I would. And I'm not a big Santino fan. I would bet on Santino before I beat bet on Sage. Yeah, but Santino's always there in the end. Yeah, he, he, he. What did he do? Did he get top five at Texas? And he got called on Saturday afternoon or right. something like that. Right. In the yeah, uh, he took over Harvey's car because but, he had a concussion. Yeah. Other local favorite Connor Daly is fifty to one to win. So a dollar on Connor pays out fifty bucks, Dakota. If you're into that uh, into that sort of action, that also love- gets you Marco Andretti. I love Connor Daly and I love Marco Andretti, but neither one of them are there. Six to one for Connor to be top five. Ooh. I could see him doing that because I, mm. I, I'd love to know what happened. I think I heard an interview, but I don't remember what happened. But he thought he just didn't have it on Saturday. Sh- this should have had all three of those cars in the Fast Twelve. A dollar on Steph Wilson to finish in the top five pays out thirty bucks. <laughs> Yeah, that's donating a dollar. <laughs> you know what though? The five hundred is weird. Yeah, weird things happen at the five hundred. And he was a caution away from 
winning a couple years ago. So You know, what, I said the same thing about Richie Hearn, and he got like second or third four or five times. What, what if I told you you could get, if you put uh, 10 bucks on Juan Montoya for a top five, it'd pay out 100 I'd tell He'll you there's the no way that'll ever happen <laughs> be in the game. It's a bunch of left turns, Zach. It's not that weird. Stuff, weird stuff happens there. And just weird like, stuff what, like the car that leads the most laps last year. Does a car leave pit road, lose a tire, and smoke him in the front, and then the guy finishes ninth instead of winning the race. Yeah. Poor Connor Got hit by the tire. Or J.R. Hildebrand has one turn to go. And his spotter starts celebrating. Yes. <laughs> and then Charlie Campbell gets in the way. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. In the, in the middle of the line. All right. Is that, or uh, Dakota, I need you to pull up your fantasy IndyCar. This is an important week on your on your app. And you're going to make your picks live with the fans. You think I downloaded an app? It's for not this? the app. It's fantasy.indycar.com. Same thing you've done every you, time. You, you get forced. You know, I placed pretty well last year, and I couldn't even figure out how to log into the damn thing this year. So I haven't been a participant. Did you check with Blake? You can join now. You can still log I in. I have vowed to myself to never help Mike McCown with any technology <laughs> ever again. We almost got in a fist fight trying to get Peacock on his TV the other day. <laughs> You can pick eight drivers. You, so it's a double point event. So you need to pick eight drivers, but your budget is doubled, Dakota. So you can afford anybody you want. You've heard these names. We've been we've been bantering them back and forth. Now it's just to play a match game for you. I just realized I picked Scott Dixon to win the poll in the in for, yes, you for, did. for qualifications twice. We have to give it well well Dakota's doing this. I will give complete credit to Brad Lowry. Who picked? If you go, uh, Zach, to the, uh, the the qualifications for this year, he picked the top, the front row exactly. Exactly, that's impressive. Dead that's nuts on impressive. 180 points or whatever in the fantasy deal, and he that's got pretty good because I had VK second. He had he had Dixon, Pelo, VK one two three. That's pretty good. And there's a bonus for get for each each one of those positions you got. Dakota, how are we doing over there? T- t- talk us through your process. I'm still working. All right. Wait, tell, t- tell us what you're thinking. This is a, a interactive show. What are you picking so far? What do you What do you got in your hopper? Are you gonna take out Tom Sneva is not a choice. Oh, the only winner with glasses. I was. This is how good I, I was in the largest of the groups that I'm in the Prude. I was 31st on Fast Friday for picks. I was fourth for qualifications. Most of that probably on picking Dixon. <laughs> Because I was just like, but Dixon did what Dixon always does. He just comes out and he, he just, fast just makes hell. everybody just fast as so, hell. So yeah. Tom, Tom Sneva was the winner of the year I was born. Zach, what year? You're an 81 model. 82. 82. So you've got Gordon Johncock. Yeah. And what's I've listened to the replay a bunch in podcasts. It was apparently an incredible. It was the winner for finish. you, Mike. In 82, my winner was going to be Danny Angaius. And he no, when, the you, you're, you're born. Born. when you were born. Jules Goo. 1965. Was it Jim Clark? That may be. I think Jim Clark won in 1965. Yeah. Mine is the uh, Paul Tracy. Paul Tracy was my winner. <laughs> Are you really 2002? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's horrendous. <laughs> been going to the race for longer than you've been alive. I've got yeah, Jim, Jim Clark is 1965. Blake's, Blake's first race he went to, I remember taking him home, and he was crying because Marco got passed at the line. Okay, Blake, you have a new mission. Okay, pause. Wait, wait, Blake has a new mission. I need you, and I, it'd be good if Mike rolled tape on this. We could orchestrate it. Have- Blake, I need you to, when, when Elio Castroneves walks by you, to say, Elio, <clears throat> your career at the Speedway is older than me. 
because he was a rookie in 2001. See, he has been flying past me on a scooter, <laughs> so I don't think I'll have the uh, opportunity, nor do I want to mess with that man on his drive for five. I think I think I, been, I've got I've got more respect. I think he would laugh and chuckle. Yeah, but not and then rub your head. See, and go, hey, little kid. Or I'm six inches taller than him, but he couldn't reach the top of Blake's head. <laughs> but I've got two days left to see him. Carb day and race day. He's gonna be balls to the wall and race day. You don't mess with the man. <laughs> you if don't you mess with any of them on race day. I'm, I'm not gonna say a word just, to one of them. Just do me a favor and really listen to the crowd on Carb Day because it's a very different crowd. It's a bunch of corporate people, and you will hear the funniest quotes. From just people talking. All right, Dakota, you, you you signaled for me. What did we pick? What was the we vamped? What, what's the what are the Dakota Davis, a Tokad Savad? What's your team name? Thief Thumbs. Thief Thumbs Racing. Yep. Sorry, I forgot to pick the podium. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't pick the podium at the five hundred. Nobody cares about um, second or third. I have yeah. Graham Rahal, two third place finishes. Who gives a <laughs> Joseph Newgarden? Okay. Uh, Takuma Sato. Yes. Uh, Helio Castronoves. Neves. Thanks. Neves, yep. Alexander. It's kind of an inside joke. Jeremiah corrects no. me every time I pick him. So I pick him every time. Then I have Alexander Rossi, Jack Harvey, Connor Daly, Jimmy Johnson, and Kirk Kirkwood. Kirk Kirkwood. So you've All got right. three good picks. So, so what did, what did that cost you? That's a full 200. You spent $200 on that? Pile? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm guessing that Joseph Newgarden is... Dr- I'm, guessing that, I'm guessing Joseph's dramatically overpriced. He's probably 150 considering bucks. The, considering that the, Joseph the probably bus, 32. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's a not... He's not... Joseph's he's, been on the struggle bus. He is one of the best drivers this season. I'm but, keeping him. But it, you, you do you. Just hit save. Do me a favor and hit save this time. I've got it. It's save. All right. So I can't even here. log in, guys. I'm not in the game. Mike... I got lucky and I My forgot. My password to everything is Mario. Don't say this, Mike. <laughs> stop. The no, stop. Right the there. A version stop. of Mario stop. and stop. it is not working. Mike. Mike, in your That's morning. That's your ni- financial information, 19, man. 1965. My financial information is not that. 1965. Oh, my God. What was your mother's maiden name? So. Stop. <laughs> Jesus. That's not one you of the questions either. You have my heart racing over here. Oh. He saw his Mike's going to get hacked. He saw his inheritance going to some Blake, guy in Ethiopia. Blake is about ready to have to go I, to Goodwill I, for pants. He, he may be Ivy Tech next year. <laughs> oh dear. All right, it's time for it's fine for time for final thoughts and picks. I want a winner and a dark horse from you, Blake McCown. And uh, what's your? Do you have a Fitbit on? What's your heart rate right now? What's I, your, it's about one eighty <laughs> right now. I I can't think of a. He thought. thinks I'm dumb enough to Dude, play into that. You. Uh, Go. <laughs> the panic in his voice. Like that's we, okay. we know now. We, we haven't had that kind of panic since Mason Roddinghouse started giving me a Microsoft Surface, and Dakota lost his shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I guess it doesn't go along with the odds, but from where he's starting in the field, Colton Herta is my dark horse, starting twenty fifth, I believe. That's that's a that's a long trek up to P one. Um. He's my dark horse. He's also my favorite driver, but I think he's got the hard head. The young guy 
has his dad in his ear, so he's going to be pissed off the entire time. He's going to get yeah, to the front. Yep. Well, and look, he his already da- won the first his race. His dad month. is also Take probably the- one of the greatest strategists in 500 history because yes. his dad won the hundredth running and the hundredth anniversary running, and both of them, especially the hundredth running, on crazy strategy. strategy, he won that race for yes. Rossi. Uh, but I think he's just got that hard head, yeah. and he's going to get his way to the front. My my other pick, which some might see as a dark horse, is Marcus Erickson. I mean, I think he's got a better chance than he's Joseph just there. Newer. He's just turned he's, into that. He's dude. always he's, he's kind of the, he he's some, turned into an ice man. He's the Swedish ice man. He is a top ten driver. Yeah. Yes, in the series. So those are my two: Colton Herta and Marcus Erickson. All right i i i do uh, I do note that uh, choosing a dark horse from Andretti or Ganassi is kind of cheating, but hey, it's uh, you know you're he's starting twenty fifth. He's starting twenty fifth. Like I believe I believe Mike chose Elio as a dark horse last year. He did. Um, no, he I looked. chose him as my pick. <laughs> Uh, he was a dark horse till he won. Yeah, Mister Mister Dark Horse over there, Mister Mister 1996, right? 96. Yeah. Yep. That'd be a uh, Buddy Lazier yes. was the winner of your uh, of oh, your birth buddy. year. Buddy Lazier, Vale, Colorado, American, one with a broken back. You've been semi paying attention. You've been you've been cleaning as well. Uh, I'm watching the chat real quick. Uh, Jane Bertram, uh, Roger Ward, 1959, and. Christy Avery said, what year was I born? Or she says 1967. That would have been AJ. That Boyd. was my mom's. Boy, that had to be my mom's a- first year. That AJ. was not the year she was born. First year she attended? Maybe. Um, all right. So, AJ Foyt for Christy Avery. Dakota, who's your favorite and who's your dark horse? <laughs> <laughs> Kirk Kirkwood. If, he, if Kirk Kirkwood yeah. wins the 500... That's like uh, Kevin Malone having a bet on John Mellencamp winning um, an Oscar. I'm going to say Alexander Rossi. Is your favorite? He's my favorite. Okay. And then Connor Daly's my dark horse. See. That is the most bro choice you could make. Yep. That's a podcast listener right there. You look like a Connor Daly fan. I don't know. Minus the mullet. (laughs) Never heard him. Connor. Done anything with him? Connor is literally Joey Molinero's co-host on Speed Street. That's the only reason. Also, I Joey, <laughs> you guys came up and talked to me. Yes. Was less nervous than the first time I met him. I met him at the Indians game whenever he was uh, supposed to sing, take me out to the ball game last year. And then I went up to him real early. He was there uh, just interviewing people. Great guy. Absolutely love him. I love Joey. Joey's a, Joey's a treasure. He's a gem. He's, uh, he, he's been, I, I have really enjoyed being along Joey's side as he's gained his love for the Speedway. And Whenever he left Barstool, it kind of hurt me because I'm a Barstool guy, but he has done very well for himself and is really growing the sport of IndyCar, and I am appreciating it a lot. As, as you age out, you'll appreciate him not being a Barstool, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> any, any final thoughts for me, Dakota? I have nothing, man. You got nothing, nothing yep. to celebrate. Hopefully, it sounds better over here. Sounds like he's gonna head down to Mister Fuel and get some Dakota jerky. Are you? Uh, are you gonna make it to the the big donut eating contest this weekend on Friday? Um, I don't. I'm I don't upset. Think so, I'm not actually. gonna be able to make. We'll that. be camping. It'll be, it's it's a it's a tough date. I'm excited yeah. for the bicentennial, but it is it's carb day, so it is yeah, really I wish tough. I would have done it the next weekend. Really yeah, tough it's to a make bad, it. A bad day for it. All right, so Mike. Favorite dark horse. I swear to God, if you pick the pole sitter and the guy on the outside pole, I'm, you're gonna, we're going to dismiss no, you early. No, I mean, I'm strong. My opinion. favorite, my favorite is Tony Kanaan. I really think he's he's slipping through and 
and we'll be there at the end. And I'm going to go with my dark horse. I'm going to pick Will Power as my. That's dark not horse. a dark horse, dude. He's in the he's in the Fast Twelve. If they're on, he's starting twelve. Will Power, Mike. We're going to disallow. Yeah, that. no. If they are on it's the fifteen and behind, if they're on the list of our top line, I don't think that's allowed. Okay, then I'll give a different one as well. If he's because uh, Will Will is literally one, two, three, four. He's he the fourth favorite, fifth on the list. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Will is fourteen to one odds. I don't think he has a chance. <laughs> I want to complain for a minute. We're going to mic mark Mike down for uh, Kirk Kirkwood. <laughs> no, I, if I have to go that way, then I'm going to go J.R. Hildebrand. Oh, I, thought you, yeah, I thought you were going to say Jimmy Johnson. That's I just like J.R. Hildebrand. So He's a great dude. We're going we're gonna to pick him. Um, Mr. Pike's Peak. All right. Give me, if I can't count Colton Herta, give Col- me David Malukas. There you go. That's a good choice. I like He's David. quick. So I, my David Malukas story, it, he was on uh, a, a podcast and talking about the HMD bar and grill. His family owns a trucking company, HMD, uh, which is some sort of a Henry David Malukas or something is what it stands for. It's a family, family business. And he says that there's a real restaurant called the HMD bar and grill. And it's in Illinois. Sarah went to incredible efforts to try to lo- locate the damn thing to actually go. Cause she's, she, she is like dr- George Costanza going to the Hamptons. She will go, <laughs> she will go to this restaurant just to do it. I see, I find David on, pit lane i'm like dude my wife will not stop talking about trying to find this damn thing and i don't think it's real he's like the real it tells me the town he's like rolling hills illinois or whatever and i'm like you're not pulling my leg he's like i swear to god it's real so maybe there's a family restaurant as well but i have yet to see a picture of it or see what the menu is and another malukas point he has been next to devlin de francesco has been the greatest on signing autographs for little kids and I, I just love when guys do that because yeah. it's coming full circle for me. Like I was helping little kids get autographs. You guys know I was running around getting autographs. David Malukas about to go run his ass off and qualifying steps out of his pit box signs for a little kid and goes back in. Yep. I, I think that's a great, great choice. David Malukas. Zach, you've got to, you're over here looking, you're, you're deciding. Yeah, I'm trying because the weird thing is, is that if you look at the back of the qualifying, it's like, Scott McLaughlin's 26th, Colton Hurst 25th. And so it's like the, a lot of the dark horses like are the... Well, look is, at the 10th row. Is it really a dark horse if it's... Marco Andretti's on the 10th row, isn't he? No, the tenth, in the 10th row, isn't that uh, Elio, Pagano, and Herda? Uh 10th row is, Kyle is, Kirk, is Kirk Kirkwood, Dalton Kellett, and Juan Pablo Montoya. Row 9 is Colton Herta, Scott McLaughlin, and Elio Castroneves. That's the one I want. That's yeah. an so insane that's, row 9. Yeah. Yes. So, I'm trying to think here. Favorite. Uh, and Tony Khan's almost too far up there, too. He's like a fast six guy. Because um, I would think I'd like to be Tony or Ed. I'll go Ed Carpenter because I think he's... He's got the he's got the car. Whether or not he can beat his own guy in VK, who knows? And then I don't know if you can count Rossi in twentieth as a dark horse, but I don't know. Andretti hasn't shown much this year, so I'm going to call Rossi. If I had to go real deep, I would go ooh Lungard maybe. But yeah, they don't have anything either. I don't like Lundgaard. Rahal Letterman has nothing. Lungard, yeah, that's till total tail end of the field. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. So I, I would say Rossi. He's twentieth. I'll call twentieth. Pretty far back in the field. I mean, he got out qualified by not I, willpower starting twelve. He, he gets Rossi, and I can't have willpower. He's starting twelve. I don't care. He made the fast twelve. The only Pinsky that wasn't. Yeah. All right. 
so I've, I've been doing some betting and watching the lines as this has gone along. So a little bit of this is cheating because I got, I locked in on Alex below back on back in March at plus 1600. Yeah. You get in on that. So I, I, I've got Alex below at dark horse odds, but I picked him, but I, he's my favorite at this point. He's, he's my favorite to win the race. I also got in on Jimmy Johnson in March at 60 to one. So I put a little bit of money on it. And if, if Jimmy wins, there will be literally hundreds of dollars for the boss hog empire involved. If Jimmy yeah. can win this race, I think he has, a, I think he has a chance. He's, I'll give you money. If Jimmy Johnson wins. <laughs> <laughs> you can, you can quote me on that. Here's here's I will give you money. If how Jimmy much are we John- talking about? $15. I'm balling on a I mean, budget over here. But like here's, I said. Here's what, <laughs> but, I mean, like uh, I said, we talked about it earlier. Jimmy Johnson for his, almost his entire career spent a whole bunch of Sundays sitting back and staying out of trouble for three hours if, out of a race. And, and he also exactly had Chad Canals cheating the whole time. If, um, if J.R. Hildebrand actually wins this race, oh, that would be fantastic. J.R. is such win. a dude. I will win $350. Based and on two one dollar bets that I've and placed. J.R. Hildebrand will win, not being asked about twenty eleven ever again. So the 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 J.R. Hildebrand bet is also phenomenal, and I I appreciate that. He's a, he's a cool dude. He's he's he just, he just he dude. talked baseball with me twenty oh yeah twenty he, minutes he, yeah, once. Big baseball guy. Yeah, yeah. Big car guy. Weird. Car, he's got like weird cool cars. Any final well, thoughts for me, Zach? No. Or, or Mike. I we we kind of the good thing is this. it was supposed to be super hot Sunday. It's cooling down a little It's bit. cooling down every time I check the forecast, but for all the local people, don't worry. The Memorial Day Parade will be scorching hot. It's supposed to be like 89 <laughs> degrees or something. Like and that. I've got to be in the talk to Tucker T. so if you Monday. guys see me. So it wouldn't be a Newcastle Memorial Day Parade unless you were literally like cooking like eggs in a pan on the side of the road. But. And the actual new Meekum purchase will be in the parade for the McCown group. Ooh, very nice. The McCown team. The uh, I assume being a good Newcastleonian, it's a it's a Mopar product. It is not. It's not. How dare you, sir? It's not. It is a Corvette. Well, you midlife crisis then, huh? Again, it's a second one. Yeah. <laughs> no, I looked at him. He goes, "Man, I should have bought these last three cars." I said, "Well, buy this one." Got it on a good deal. There you go. The uh, a couple of announcements here, I guess. I, our guy Kyle Robbins is going to be racing on Friday night in the uh, Carb Night Classic out at IRP. So uh, I'm planning on going. Uh, we have a bit of a tradition that when I go to a race that Kyle's supposed to be in, we get rained out. So I don't know that it's actually going to happen, but I'm going to give it my best shot. Uh, is is Gene still spotting for him? Gene still, as, at least of us of last year. Okay. Gene Ingram was still on the radio with him. Uh, I Zach and I have move-in day on uh, on Thursday. For the race, it's supposed to rain. It's going to rain Wednesday, and it's now you're rain, right close to where Thursday. I park in the media lot, aren't you? Uh, we were. The, now we're not. Now we'll be the first two weekends we were down there. Now we're okay. up off Turd Four in the in uh, we're off the, McCray. Are in you the woods. close to uh, Gate Ten? Because I, I might come and knock on your door at four thirty. <laughs> Which gate's Gate Ten? I, I got woken uh, up about five thirty last year. Oh no! No, we're kind of we're we're uh, I think lot we're near, six. I think we're near Gate. What road are you off of? Are you off of Georgetown? Georgetown and McCray area. Okay. Something like that. I'm off of 30th Street. We're south of 20th. I'll still come find you. You're way off. Yeah, we're south of 25th. I'll come for breakfast. Just a bit south of 25th. You're welcome to come visit. Anytime. 
let's see what else. Oh, I'm looking forward to my father-in-law making destructive ruts as he parks his camper. Oh my gosh, it's going to be spectacular. Kevin's going to go off like a 17-year-old with 40 pounds of boost in a diesel. It's going to be amazing. That uh, Roger Penske's never going to financially recover from preparing <laughs> the ruts that my father-in-law is going to leave out there. There's still ruts from Brad Kendall from like 10 years ago there, so it'll be all right. Next week's show, uh, we are going to have a bicentennial preview. So we have uh, breaking news. Dakota doesn't even know this yet, but we have booked Carrie Barrett for next Thursday. And Scott Frost? I don't know about Scott yet. Maybe, perhaps, plausibly. Yeah. I don't want to speak for Scott because I don't think he knows yet, but uh, Kerry has just agreed. <laughs> We've been working through the intermediary of Aaron Dickin. Councilman Dickin is, is our booking agent this uh, for this episode. He pitched it, and I said, sure, let's see what happens. And she said yes. So next Thursday. What, do you want some breaking news? Dickin needs to show up, too. We're in. Breaking news for the Bicentennial. Steve Alford's coming back. Well. Told me yesterday. At All the right. funeral home, that We're, he's coming back. Does he sleep at the Steve Alford All American Inn? I don't know. I don't think Negative. So. Does he, I, does he sleep in the McCown Estate? No, he's not at the ranch. He's probably over at Scotts. That's uh, that's a reasonable choice too. Yeah. Yep. Very much so. I would not. Dickie needs to show up too. I want to hear some more updates about what's going on in this time capsule. Mike Broyles says you have to have Scott and Barrett. Well, we have Barrett. Mike, you're in charge of telling Scott he has to show up. Now, That's you, absolutely yeah, you've right. Got, you've gotten involved. Let him know you've booked him, and he needs to clear his schedule next Thursday because he's, uh, he's, he's a part of it. Hi, Mike Royals. So my, I, know, I know the activities start, start Memorial Day weekend, but I'm, I have cleared my schedule, and I will be in town for the, uh, for the June 4th time capsule opening. The, the cherry on top of the entire thing. There's a time capsule? Nah. Okay, they're going to dig one up, and they're going to bury a new one. I think the most important part is, is it going to be the game of knockout. Uh, the, is the, it, not, the world record that's going to be The world set. record knockout. Is this time capsule going to be like from Parks and Rec where we can't put anything? We're uh, definitely putting Twilight in there. <laughs> that's You're putting Twilight in there. Got to put Star Wars in there. Do you know what actually is going in there? No, I have no idea. An iPod? Well, With, I, with Boss iPod. Hog on it. Why would we put an iPod in there? An iPhone. Okay. It's an iPhone 13 with a charger. Well, hell, that's better than what I have. Dude. Use mine. Yeah. <laughs> Here, yeah. You have to Mike use the barely, iPhone can like that. And... Mike can barely use what he has. You yeah. have to use the iPhone that came out the year that the box. Who's donating this? I would like to work for them. Now, now you're going to have it dug up, and somebody's going to steal it. It's like a grave yeah. robber. Somebody's going to yeah. steal an iPhone 13 that's allegedly so buried in concrete, allegedly buried out in the courthouse lawn. <laughs> the next, the next murder mystery. We're not going to bury County. an iPod shuffle. <laughs> That's what I thought. We're gonna put a nail. Like, we're gonna <laughs> put a shuffles have been out for like Jeremiah's like sixty-three years old. IPods. They just announced that yeah, they're discontinuing the last iPod, the iPod we're, Touch, which is just an iPhone without, without the phone. Remember whenever you would be playing Xbox and your mom would come in and be like, "Oh, how's the Nintendo?" That's basically Jeremiah talking about the phone. Um, it's a how Dakota. That's a nice I had iPod. Pawn. I have, was the only video I had game. the Xbox 360. We might that bury was it. my Nintendo. We might bury mm-hmm. it soon. Once again, Blake was born in 2002. Yeah. I had Nintendo. Wow. When I knew. George Bush had already declared war. The war was won when Blake was born. Well, if, uh, if, if my good friend... What can I say? Good luck. If here. my good friend Councilman Dickin wants my Walkman to put in the time capsule, I'll give it to him. There, there might, might be one that there they're might be one out in from there. Yeah, because the one's from seventy-two. <laughs> I remember the Cecil Centennial. I was young, but I remember it. Dick, By young, I'm, I'm you gonna, mean like I'm gonna, fifteen. Because this is public. You can look this up on YouTube. 
Aaron made the most hilarious comment at the city council meeting because they were talking about they're still taking suggestions for what's going to go in this time capsule. And so we told the council, if you guys have any suggestions for what we can put in the time capsule so that Kendra and I can dig it up in 50 years, <laughs> insinuating that, he's, that they're the only two in the room that were going to be alive to see this other one dug up. And I was like, that he's is got a that's point. Sort of I was harsh. like, that is he's the most I know. I was like, he's got a really I was good like, point, though. Aaron Dickin. Savage, right in the middle of an official council I mean, meeting. But when I, he wasn't lying. I was like, I would be eighty-seven years old with a uh, sixty-nine. I'd be eighty-eight, hundred and seven. Mike, I'm pulling for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Okay. Zach, Zach and I will be just holding on to walkers, praying. I mean, I'll be hoping that the, my, my grandparents' genes, because all my, all my grandparents made it till to ninety three, ninety four. But yeah, I'd be. I would be 76. Dakota's got a real shot. Yeah. 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 I'll be here. <laughs> oh, the hell you will. You'll live in Florida and be like, I'm not going up for that. Yeah. He'll still try to pronounce the driver's names at he'll 76. Be, yeah. He'll be part of the show. He'll be pulling like a 50-year-old yeah. car down the road with his teeth or something and still in a <laughs> tight shirt will, and jeans. Or, sorry, Jer- Aaron Dickin. Will, he'll be, I, I would uh, take offense to that. He'll be calling me. He'll he'll probably send me a letter or something. We'll still stupid. be a letter. We'll, yeah. Are you kidding me? We'll the still be doing this service. show in fifty years, Dakota. Uh-huh. We'll have a fifty-five year anniversary, <laughs> and we'll run our hover round scooters all the way down to the courthouse lawn, two blocks over. God, I'll be seventy-six. I hope I don't need a scooter. <laughs> <laughs> you'll you'll have it. Just I think that can. we talked about this when on the last episode that Aaron Dickman was here, and I said that I would I vowed to be still kicking ass and taking names. <laughs> Seventy six. All right. Well, you guys can bring me and put me on a refrigerator dolly or something. And then weekend at Mike's at the uh, at the next fifty years celebration. Dig you up, or you gonna be just like? Uh, I'll be I'll be preserved like this jerky. (laughs) You didn't finish your meal, senior citizen Mike down there. Didn't didn't uh, he ate he ate dinner at three (laughs) thirty. Should be hungry, Abenda. Hey, he's probably cranky. It's he, after he, nine. I know Dakota's cranky. He should cranky. be in bed. All right. With that, we thank you guys very much. Thank you guys for this having us. This has been spectacular. I appreciate each and every one of you for making it out and for listening. Uh, thank you to the audience for bearing with us and dealing with uh, Zach and I and our shenanigans bumping back and forth between Tuesdays and Thursdays. I think we're on Thursdays for a little while until I take a, take a week off in June. With that, we'll see you all next week. Bye.